0: Log
1: Talk Radio. Africa. Africa, Africa
2: is the center Africa. of the world.
3: Latitude zero, longitude zero. Africa. Planned Africa. by the Creator. Sizanthropus was the first man found Africa. on the Earth.
2: Center
6: This is Charles Collingsworth at the White House in Washington, D.C. For many of you, this will be your first visit to this historical landmark. Our tour through these hallowed halls will be conducted by the First Lady. Good evening, America. This is your president. Please listen carefully to the announcement I'm about to make. After careful consideration and research, Vice President Duke, Congress and myself have concluded that black people have not advanced technologically. Their educational testing scores are on a rapid decline. The vast majority of them are on welfare and producing babies at a faster rate than they can support them. And we will not carry them anymore. We are left with no other choice but to put slavery back into effect. All blacks will report to the designated camps in their area to receive further orders. The only blacks excused will be those serving in the United States military and the police. Any blacks who do not cooperate will be terminated immediately. I repeat, slavery is back in effect.
1: We are at war! That's what I told you! I know you heard what the president said, and if the nigger don't move, then he's dead. It's time for us to take the stand. Woman to woman and man to man. Blood rushes through your veins, you feel the Free over the brave. The year 95. You're a slave. Some go in shock when they first hear the news. Press play and then rewind and review. But the message is clear and it cuts just like a knife. You don't surrender, they take your life. And I remember the movies my mama used to show me. What's your name? You Remember the times when they bought and they sold you. We are That's what I told you. <laughs>
2: That's what I told you. Back in it. That's, That's what I told you. That's what I told you. We're in. in a war zone, Dave. Two
1: motorcycle officers horribly wounded in a deadly crossfire. The police seeming unable to rescue them in spite of several desperate heroic attempts. It's completely out of the booking! Condition. racism was here, but they didn't take it seriously, and they said that I was crazy, violence escalating, and it's sad to see so many brothers being killed by the enemy, mothers and daughters and fathers and sons, why can't they see we couldn't win by the gun, I told you how to win, but now it's too late, the enemy's on the rise, and he feels your face, greed is a weapon, technology section, the war's on Once again know your enemy from your friend Who
2: the party rock charge down here? The cops? rock uh-uh, the
1: No more over. The Superman, Daddy, Tip, Syndrome is over. See the war, smell the war, hear the war. You better feel the war. we on talking total annihilation. Wicked and true. The black man will be harder to find than dinosaur food. You should have read the books and understood that America's no. The end is for big and small. Mother the final call.
2: Because.
3: in the stack. We welcome you to Africa on the Move, the 26th day of March 2023. Our theme tonight is the Middle East and Wall. Yes, you can join us as we discuss this timely subject, the Middle East and the Wall, and we invite you to join us by dialing in at 323 679 Remember Africa on the Move is a program dedicated dedicated to speaking to the powerful and the powerless. We will be in the seat and we will take the heat. As we define it, we will stand behind it. And you know how we roll on this program. We'll start off first introducing our political panelists and analysts for today's program, followed by a discussion on what's going on in your world and the communities. And then we'll discuss very issues and topics that articles as relate to their theme, which is the Middle East and War. So that's our lineup for tonight. Let's get started with our party by bringing our first political panelists and analysts for today's program, Brother Haki, who is the organizer for the African Awareness Association. We now would like to welcome Brother Haki to Africa on the Move. Welcome, Brother Haki.
4: Uh, Brother Africa, thanks for having me. My name is Haki Kamathi Mishoki, a colonel with African Awareness. And Brother Africa, let me tell you right off the bat, you know, there's a certain um, unpleasant reality we have to confront, you know, in the society. I think one of the things we have to begin to confront is this whole question in terms of democracy is, in fact, is America a democracy? Uh, the bottom line is that historically, if you look at the frame of the Constitution, it's very, very clear that America is not a democracy. But more importantly, because it's not a democracy, when you talk about the systematic injustice and the systematic uh, plundering, the systematic um, uh, hopelessness that exists in the capitalist society, then we come to realize that at some point all of those melodies are going to come to a point where uh, the likelihood in terms of any real resolution is going to lie in mass, mass destruction. So we've got to understand the implications in terms of not having democracy in American society and particularly what that means to African people. Now, having said that, Brother Africa, I want you to listen to this. Hatred of democracy has long been evident among US elites. Such, such hatred is often concealed by conflating capitalism to democracy. The genius of the strategy is that democracy is presented in an infarious light that obscures its real intent. Often democracy is presented as a principle when in reality the ruling class sees it as a concept. And the difference between a, a principle of democracy implies egalitarianism or the greatest good for the greatest number which is precisely antithetical to capitalism. Capitalism rejects any premise that advocates political social responsibility to humanity. On the contrary, capitalism holds the idea of caring for those other than the capitalist class in in disrepute, namely the needs of the poor are not important both psychologically and physiologically. On the other hand, democracy as a concept is uniquely suited to assist capitalists in deceptions defining what democracy is. When presented as a concept, democracy can be defined based upon bias and philosophy. When the capitalists speak of democracy, they are speaking about their constitutional protected right to shape society economically and politically and benefit to wealth to wealth alone. Now, putting a fine point on democracy as a concept requires an exploration of political trends among the right wing. Since the election of Trump in response to President Obama's two terms, right wing activism has increased. Among the act- activism is the role of attacks on democracy. Leading right-wing scholars see democracy or personal democracy as an intrinsic threat. Legal scholars equate real democracy with Nazism arguing, quote, democracy is tyrannical, domination of the masses over the rulers of society, end quote. Daniel Lowestine, a law professor, more succinctly stated, the capitalist class is endowed by the Constitution to shape society and their interests, and by recognizing democratic majorities or the people's right to vote, Conservative causes by the ruling elites do not stand a chance of succeeding. He concludes, America is a republic, not a democracy. Others propose an end to a judicial restraint, which historically the right wing embraced. Judicial restraint, which limits role judges play in interpreting laws, leaving that function to legislatures legislators and Congress, has fallen out of favor. Insisting conservatives must take the lead in interpreting the Constitution solely in conservative interests, unencumbered by any policy or law that prevents the execution of right-wing power. Now, by all accounts, the momentum to extinguish democracy is effective. Establishing social conditions, refuting the idea of real democracy, the raids directed at Africans and poor have been palpable. In Minnesota, a bill to provide breakfast and lunch for poor students was opposed by 26 Republican state Congress people. The United Fair highlighted a tax on SNAP program to feed the 30 to 40 million impoverished children in the U.S. But one of the representative, representatives implying the poor in the U.S. are lazy. He stated, quote, 11 million jobs exist in the U.S., and if they, they mean the poor, go to work, they could escape poverty, end quote. A apparently absurd supposition. The 11, million do, the 11 million people is not a reflection of available jobs, but the number of jobs the U.S. economy can sustain without sizable increase in inflation. Besides, even middle class people are living paycheck to paycheck. As, in, as inflation decimates the economy and job prospects. Now contempt of democracy does not only manifest in terms of human values, but expresses this indifference to human life in the business world. Ironically, democracy or democratic, democratic ideas are good for business because it inspires trust or, or mutual benefits among all parties concerned. Their paradigm no longer exists. Capitalists and major financial institutions assume more power, the pretense of democratic ethics disrupt the way reassured by a marketplace that assures access to credit to the Federal Reserve and the Treasury Department major firms attitude toward the rank-and-file the masses of people hardens Ken Griffin, CEO of Citadel which is a head fund assets two billion dollars epitomized the social disposition toward those who no longer serve the interests of capitalism Griffin stated quote losses to deposits referring to bank failures both past and future would have been immaterial, and it would and it would have been it would have driven home that risk management is extremely important. End quote. Risk management suggests monitoring business accounts and controlling expenditures could have averted recent bank failures. The reality is, obligation of banks' lies for investors, shareholders, and when Griffin says what happens to banking customers, particularly middle class people, it's not important. It is true from a capitalist perspective. It underscores the callous nature of capitalism. However, the larger perspective is the anti-democratic structure of banks. Keep in mind, part of the Federal Reserve's 10% requirement for commercial banks to post 10% with the Federal Reserve is done to ensure banks, account, banks count the 10% as liability or a loss. This accounting loss justifies banks engaging in speculation and risky trades to make up for those losses. Making up for the losses is important because the fiduciary responsibility is to provide dividends or profits for shareholders. If banks were democratic in design, risk of speculation and the 10% reserve requirement of the Federal Reserve could be eliminated. Because the masses of the people would benefit, it could only be argued democratizing the bank is the best way to end bank failure and the corruption that comes with capitalist banks. Corruption, now, corruption affiliated with capitalist banks cannot be underestimated. Democratic principles viewed as an irritant are avoided like the plague. Wealth accumulation for the individual, not society, is all that matters. A strong advocate of markets and non-government intervention, Greg Becker, former CEO of Silicon Valley Bank, sold $3.6 million in stocks one month before the bank collapsed. He sold $30 million worth of stock over a two-year period. Not bad for a bank financially stressed over a two-year period. Unfortunately, his actions have repercussions not just for national banks, but banks internationally. Two days ago, five Western banks, Swiss Bank, U.S. Federal Reserve, Bank of England, European Central Bank, and Bank of Canada, will implement financial regimen in which currencies from these states will be exchanged daily, not weekly, for one month. The idea is to prevent democrat- democratization. Or financial, or financial institutions from threats of a multipolar world as evident by the rise of Russia, China, Cuba, Africa, India, Brazil, and Venezuela. The plan is to keep alive the Ponzi scheme called the dollar. The U.S. dollar as reserve currency requires international business, foreign debt, and oil purchases be conducted in dollars. This arrangement has the effect of subsidizing U.S. debt in which the proceeds are used to prevent principal democracy from flourishing throughout the world. Negation of international democracy is achieved through various means, from bribery of foreign officials to international aid, from NGOs to international banks' collusions, from regime change to war. The control of currency is key to Western imperialism hegemony. Indeed, the weaponization of dollars used to undermine Africa's development or cripple nation-states' economies are an integral part of U.S. foreign policy. Increasing the amount of dollars in circulation whispers some more investments in the West, but rather the interest rates consumer the the European zone will will likely reduce investments considerably. The biggest problem is the global recession massively engineered by the creation of COVID-19 pandemic. While this pandemic was created to conceal the extent of capitalism's rot, it has allowed Western financial institutions to impose more debt on 190 countries, debilitating debt that prolongs their fight for real democracy. Now, implementation of debt is precisely the solution posed by the World Economic Forum. In other words, economic instability among states is key to full or preventing a move toward real democracy in the, in the world. If states are hampered with debt, democracy is but a dream. The great reset short that. And, Brother Africa, I'll close with that.
3: Thank you, Brother High key. From Brother High key, we now will go to Brother Anthony, and we would like to welcome him to Africa on the move. Welcome, Brother Anthony.
7: Thank you, Brother Africa, for having me. Revolutionary greetings to you, the fellow panelists, and the listening audience. My name is Anthony Williams. I'm an organizer for the All-African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. Objectivist Pan-Africanism, the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism.
3: Thank you, Brother Anthony. And from Brother Anthony, we now will go to Brother Moses, and we would like to welcome him to Africa on the move. Welcome, Brother Moses.
8: Thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa, and greetings to everyone within the sound of my voice, especially the illustrious panelists. My name is Robert Andrew Moses. I've been in the struggle for scientific socialism from the moment I was introduced to Marxism during a government class back in my high school years in 1968. I call Marxism the race to cure racism. I bear witness that there is one God, Jesus, who is the author and finisher of my faith, and that mouth a tongue is his messenger for government. Fathers help your children. We don't reverse correct verdicts. I'm pro-choice and I vote. I bear witness that women hold up half the sky. Therefore, I'm for the Equal Rights Amendment (ERA). Yes, and the struggle continues to be to unite the many to defeat the few. The many. It's the 99% who are being exploited by the 1% whose interest does not coordinate with the interests of the masses of the people. We need free education. We need free health care. And we need to stop apologizing for the bourgeoisie. We have to become defenders of the working class and not defenders of the bourgeoisie. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Brother Moses. And, Welcome to Africa on the Move and from this point we now go to our sister, Sister Eleanor. And we would like to welcome her as well to Africa on the Move. Welcome, Sister Eleanor.
9: Thank you, and good evening, Brother Africa, and to our listening and our fellow panelists and to our listening audiences here, our listening audience here and abroad. Uh it's been a tremendous week as we watch around the world as demonstrations are being held uh it is the anniversary we celebrated last week and it's not a celebration but it's a recognition of the 20th year since the Iraqi invasion and uh since then it's been a nonstop uh battle from from Iraq to Afghanistan we're keeping it on the move and uh Israel is as well. This year we've seen since the new year a phenomenal number of Palestinians killed. We've seen last week the Israeli illegal settlers destroy homes and, and, and uh, orchards, olive orchards, cars, and um, also killing one individual. And uh, the world stands by, and we continue to fall to the propaganda that the EU, the United States, and the NATO nations have set up uh, that has made a mockery of fairness and justice in the world. Um, this program attempts to reveal the truth and, and allow people to know what's going on. And I just thank you for allowing me to be a part of this venue. and. Uh, I stand in solidarity with all environmentalists. As an environmentalist myself, we must stop, each one of us, including the big nations, of increasing our carbon footprint. I stand for women's rights, as well as I stand in solidarity with the Palestinian nation, with the nation of Venezuela, with the people of Cuba, and all people standing for liberation and democracy.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Sister Eleanor, and at this particular time, Africa on the move, going to take its revolutionary cultural break. And when we come back, we'd like to invite you to miss the audience to join us as we discuss what's going on in our world and the community. We'd like to hear from you what's going on in your world and the community. And we'll do that and give you that opportunity when we come back. This is Africa on the move.
10: And you're in a Milan Too hot to black. Well, you're in a Milan You're in prison You're in a Milan You're in a Thank, you. Thank you.
11: Yeah. I was free once, now I'm clinical You so technical, this was Mexico Now everywhere I go is owned by Mexico. Fuck, fuck them and the rest Hell of you yeah. I turn the food into a black poppo I'ma roll with the aliens Man, fuck these homo sapiens They don't really wanna make friends
2: All they want is I'm a Mercedes
11: Benz yeah. yeah. All they want is they dividends And decibels, fuck these citizens They'll treat us like hooligans Throw him in, they don't care what school he is These people don't play fair It ain't even fair at the state fair Give a young nigga gray hair, that's why I'm here Make your ass lay there You better stay there Close your fucking eyes like a stake Make myself clearer than Shakespeare I'm here to take money, even fake hair So desperate is what I'm left with For the record affected, who you elected, it's so septic, so full of shit, I can't accept it. Arrest the president, arrest the president, arrest the president, you got the evidence. Arrest the president, arrest the president, arrest the, president. Arrest the I reside on the West Side side. I murder with my third eye eye. Niggas so fly get a bird's eye I make them scream bloody murder Let's meet at the White House Run in and turn the lights out Man, they treat it like a trap house These motherfuckers never take the trash out They just pass out and mash out Nigga take your drugs and pass out Niggas love to go that fast route I see you when your black ass get out Homie, you play too much. Why these devils, they doing way too much. Most of them won't say too much. What he steady he planted. God knows, God knows what. That's why I roll with the real ones. Real ones trying to reach millions. Real ones trying to make billions. Real ones rest like civilians. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. 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 You got the evidence.
3: We would like to welcome you back to Africa on the Moon on the 26th day of March, 2023. Also on this significant day, we would like to acknowledge a great uh revolutionary whose legacy will be will continue to dispute the massive struggle for the total liberation and unification of Africa and the scientific socialism. He understood that Pan-Africanism is a solution to the oppressed African people problems throughout the world. And that great brother was Ahmed Sekou Toure. He died on this day in 1984. We'd we'll like to give a shout out in his honor and in remembrance as being a great giant, a great revolutionary leader, and a great human being fighting for a free humanity for all people particularly understanding that Africa will be free. So I salute today, go to our brother Ahmed Secretary, uh, first president of the People of the Republic of Rubbisho in Guinea. At this point in time, we'll make our transition to the first segment of this program. What's going on in your world and the community? If you're the listening audience, we invite you to call in at 323-679-0841. If you'd like to share with us where you are and share with us what's going on in your world and the community. So right now, we going to start off with Brother Haki. We'll bring him back in. And Brother Haki, what's going on in your world and the community?
4: Well, Brother Africa, um, uh, just last week, um, the governor of Virginia had a very interesting meeting, you know, uh, in rural part of Virginia. Essentially, what he was advocating, he decries uh, teaching of labor history, at um, in the, uh, in, uh, at the edu- in, in the in schools uh, in Virginia. Presumably, I'm assuming he's talking about you know college college you know college level, uh, maybe certainly twelfth grade level, uh, courses uh, in terms of the, actually deal with the question in terms of labor history. Labor history is not something that you know you know uh, you know the uh, the more the much younger grades would but, but, would partake in. But in event his position is that the the labor history has to be eliminated. Now, this is very very interesting because when you think about terms of the attempt to eliminate African history under the guise of critical race theory, it's just a, clearly a pattern being a pattern being established here. And I think that pattern is that I think the ruling class wants they want to make sure that the masses of people have no historical knowledge in terms of, in terms of, you know, the evolution of American society. And in such, the more ignorance that they can be facilitated by the people in positions of power, they much easier for them to control. And when you think about the economic changes that have taken place to the detriment of the economy, then certainly, you're going to understand why they want a, a, a mass population that is essentially ignorant of all things. But this is very, very interesting. But when you think about in terms of labor history, what brought us, you know, child labor laws, you know, the eight-hour work week, worker compensation—those things are near and dear to people who work in society. When you think about those kind of things being attacked, then what are they saying in terms of the the in terms of the aspirations of working people in the society? Clearly, the, the aspirations of working people in this society, according to the governor, uh, is of, of no consequence. They really don't really, they really don't care. I think what is important to underscore is that when they talk about eliminating discussions on labor law. And I think we have to understand that they're not simply directed at African people; they're directed at all people across the board, irrespective of skin color, irrespective of ethnicity. So it's very interesting that they would start this attack so soon in terms of this attack on labor rights, uh, when it's just when it when it's it just you know recently concluded attacks on African history vis-a-vis you know critical race theory. But one thing that's interesting, brother Africa, when we talk about this attack on labor teaching labor history. Uh, what is interesting is that in Arkansas, the governor there, a, a former Trump uh, confidant, she's advocating a weakening of child protection laws for labor. So in other words, it gives businesses the opportunity to once again use young people to engage in labor practices, pay them cheaper, as opposed to paying adults with families you know, a reasonable salary in terms of performing those tasks. Uh, so clearly, when we talk about capitalism, in terms of fixation, in terms of <clears throat> in, in, in terms of maximizing profits, maximizing control by a small percentage of the population. Clearly, you know the, the strategies employed by the ruling class is, is geared toward those ends. And so we we have to understand is that because the because the bottom line is that because they don't care about the masses of people, it's to come upon the masses of people to care about us. And if we don't care about us, if we don't work together. Then the bottom line is that this kind of weakening of the educational uh, uh, intensity. That exists in society as it fades, uh, inevitably what they're successfully doing is creating a situation where they actually create they actually create, uh, people on their side to carry out the fight against other people, you know, who are advocating, you know, for things like, you know, um, African history, uh, labor law history, and so forth and so on. So we got to be concerned in terms of the strategic uh, or the strategies employed by those positions of power, and understand that as and as you know <clears throat> as, as as a, as a mass population, then it's to come upon us to work together and understand and see what the game is. Understand what it is. Then move to to undermine that strategy. Because if we don't undermine the strategy or if you know, people misuse the power, then clearly you know we 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 create a problem for ourselves in the long run. And I close with that, brother Africa.
3: Thank you, brother Hakeem. Next we go to brother Anthony. Brother Anthony, what's going on in your world and the community?
7: yes uh certainly uh well let's see they've uh they've already uh some capitalists, certain forces among the capitalists have resorted to uh a- exploiting uh child labor once again uh in the u s uh and uh and that's probably why why there's an effort to suppress the teaching of labor history uh so that uh so that people will, 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 will forget about uh the hard uh the hard one right rights we uh we and our ancestors fought so hard for like the abolition of child labor eight hour work week you know uh, equal pay for equal work. You know those sorts of things, and those are under attack uh by the uh by the uh ruling bourgeoisie and uh they wanna the, the, I, and I think uh, what what they're trying to do is uh is um, have a tighter of control over over what goes on in the classroom ideologically but uh but where there's oppression as uh, as um um well, Kwame Ture taught uh there's resistance and uh the resistance is intensifying that's part of the reason why capitalism is weakening oh uh, speaking of weakening uh there is an internal fight uh going on uh going on among the Zionists in uh in in uh, occupied Palestine over o, 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 over control. Apparently uh Netanyahu is uh sparking a lot of controversy because of um uh his uh power grab attempts and uh so that's causing a uh a fight among the Zionist forces. But that has not stopped them from uh, uh, from the, uh, from uh, oppressing the Palestinian masses that live there, and that are sca- uh, that are dispersed throughout the world because of the Zionist occupation.
3: Thank you, Brother Anthony. Next, from Brother Anthony, we will go to Brother Moses. Brother Moses, what's going on in your world and the community, Brother Moses?
8: Thank you, thank you, Brother Africa. I'm um, I mean, been handicapped um, now um, in terms of my news sources um, because of media changes that have been made in my household. Um, I can't get MSNBC. I can't get Democracy Now, and and um, I'm I'm gonna have to make some changes, but I uh, um. The Zionism is incompatible with internationalism. Zionism is on an antagonistic contradiction with internationalism. It's irreconcilable. It can't. It can't coexist. And um, and so, you know, that's the dilemma that Netanyahu and the the so-called Jewish state um, is faced with. And so, meanwhile, uh, um, I I can't. Let's see, what has happened this week? Um, I can't think of anything extraordinary. There's Nothing stands out as extraordinary. I'm certainly, you know, the 20th anniversary and all that. But, uh, but I'll just leave it right there. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Brother Moses. And from Brother Moses, we're going to Sister Eleanor. Sister Eleanor, what's going on in your world? And the community, Sister
9: Eleanor. Thank you. Well well, as uh Brother Anthony mentioned, Netanyahu fired his defense minister who called for the uh overhaul of the judicial or the the halt, rather, the halt of the uh overhaul of the judicial system in Israel where they wanted to take all the power away from the courts. Also this week uh uh the US President Biden finally approved uh disaster relief for Jackson, Mississippi. As you know, there's been for some time, for years, there's been uh a major problem with the water in Jackson, Mississippi as it is in Flint and numerous other cities in the United States. So I'm hoping that um with the a recognition of the disaster and giving some relief to the uh, African people, predominantly African city of Jackson, uh, Mississippi, the capital of Mississippi that will see action being taken in Flint, Michigan and other places uh, so that people can have clean water. And, of course, as uh, the other and was said, it's the issue of the, the feds raising the interest rate. It's also the 20th anniversary of the shock and awe campaign in Iraq, and uh, it left millions of Iraqis dead, and I'm sure it continues to affect the Ra- Iraqi population with uh, as as any nation would be affected when uh, sanctions are placed against it. Sanctions are a form of passive aggression that leads to death of citizens who are unable to obtain basic things, whether it be food, medicine, uh, the likes. But that's about it, and it's been a, a, a busy week and uh i understand that uh, on june 23rd, 24th and 25th in washington there'll be some kind of activity in support of cuba and releasing and 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 uh stopping the embargo and that that activity will be and have groups from all over the country and and groups with labor um people against authoritarian governments, against imperialism, against capitalism, people who are standing up for the environment, I think will join that activity. And we're looking, they're looking to get people involved and engaged. As I find out more information, I'll be happy to share it with you and the listening audience. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Sister Eleanor. You're listening to Africa on the Move. Brother Africa, we're in the seat. We're going to take the heat. As we define it, we're going to stand behind it. We're going to take a revolutionary culture break, and when we come back, we will continue to discuss some of the things that are going on in our world community, and you can join us by dialing 323 This is Africa on the Move. tonight is Revisiting the Middle East and Wall. We'll discuss that theme coming up shortly, but right now we would like to continue our discussion on what's going on in that world or your world in the community. Brother, how can you said something earlier in your presentation on what's going on in your world in the community? You talk about uh, the governor of Virginia, the state of Virginia, wants to... um, he wants to no longer talk about or teach the history of the labor the labor movement. And as you're talking about that and looking at this whole trend in which they don't want to teach African history and really don't want to teach history at all, there seems to be a bigger plan in place. And that plan is, and I'd like for you to respond to it, as well as the rest of the panelists, that plan is to decentralize. Is to wipe out of our consciousness of our historical past and legacy, and therefore create a group of people who function as zombies and don't know exactly or anything about who they are or what they are. Your response, brother Hacky?
4: No, I think you're right, brother Africa. I think the, the 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 motivation is to disincentivize, uh, you know, the histories of you know African people in the labor movement. I think precisely so. I think one of the things when you start talking about denying people education, then essentially what you're doing is creating a situation when people become pliable. And if they are pliable, they are more gullible to manipulation. Or certainly when you present, uh, say, uh, propaganda, uh, people are, uh, are not in a, 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 at least from a, from a, from an intellectual point standpoint, able to decipher exactly, you know, how they are being deceived, uh, because you have no information to, to sort of. Um, uh, as a frame of reference to make sense in terms of what you are being told. If you don't have a history, if you have no understanding, then whatever they tell you becomes the law that becomes legit. And so that's precisely what they want. But it's inevitable because when you think about the decline of capitalism, Brother Africa, they have no other choice but to do that. What else are they going to do? Because the bottom line, to the extent that people rise up and begin to understand the necessity in terms of African history, to understand the labor movement, to the extent that people rise up and begin to understand and of those things, they begin to see the system and see capitalism for what it is. They cannot afford to do that. Capitalism is in decline already. And so what they're trying to do to the best of their ability is trying to revive capitalism by any and all means. Of course, you and I understand historically speaking, no matter what they do, no matter how much destruction they impose, no matter how many people they kill, no matter how many people they incarcerate, their bottom line the capitalism is going to fall anyway. So it really doesn't matter. And it's going to fall in part because it's, it's structured that way. Um, when you start thinking about a system that uh, systematically advantages 1% of the population at the expense of the 99% of the population, then certainly in the, con- in the context of capitalism, when you start talking about the flow of currency through the system, uh, you know, when you only got 1% of people who control-, who control all the capital, and they in turn take the capital and put it in, all- in offshore accounts, then what it means is it disadvantages or it, it essentially uh, prevents the government from accumulating revenues that it needs in terms of its survival. And so and so inevitably you have a recession, you have a decline, you have a fall in a bad economy. and what's happening around the world is as people reject this whole thing this this whole narrative around a dollar, the dollar uh you know as, as, as you know as, as dollars become useless around the world, it's going to see a decline in value of dollars, which means that no one wants the dollar, which means that the decline of the decline of capitalism is ever inevitable anyway. So clearly, brother Africa, their backs up against the wall, and as Bob, you know, as Bob Marley would say, you know, the heathens back against the wall, and so they understand that because they're backs against the wall, they're going to do whatever, do in and everything they can in terms of in terms of survival. They have no compunction with lying. They have no compunction with preventing people to have access to information. They have no compunction of doing any of those things. So clearly, you know, their backs against the wall, and they're doing what they deem necessary in terms of capitalism and survival, and I, I think. That's their motivation.
3: Thank you, Brother Haki. Brother Anthony, are they turning people into zombies, turning people who will be functioning in a capacity or not having no recollection of their past? They have erased their memory, and therefore they can mold them to become anything they want to be. Your response, Brother Anthony?
7: I think you're correct, Brother Africa, and uh this is uh this is a similar um uh tactic that they resorted to in terms of preventing our ancestors from, uh, from the masses of ancestors that is from from being able to read or write. So that we would have so they they they, they hoped by doing that that we would have no recollection of our history and culture. And uh that's why uh that's why it was in, uh forbidden for enslaved Africans to not learn how to read and write because uh uh read and write because the, you you know we 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 would lose and also we couldn't use our our own languages on the plantation we had to learn the European's language. And uh, as a result of this, uh, some of us have, uh, uh, lost uh, lost contact with our, our cultural identity. And I think that's why the teaching of, uh, of African history in the school system is being suppressed now. There's a move against it uh so that uh so that they uh so that you know that ed, that 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 educational system only produces p- people that are that 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 are strictly tools of capitalism. That's what they're trying to turn the workers into. And I think that's why there's uh, uh, there's this uh movement against the teaching of African history and also of uh labor studies. At the collegiate level, I say collegiate because uh, it's really not until you get into into college in the U.S. that you that 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 that, that people start developing critical thinking skills, for the most part. And um, you know, so I think uh, so I think this is part of uh, capitalism's method to try to survive uh even though uh even though it it only delays the inevitable cause of much human suffering
3: thank you brother ethan brother moses have we already became or have we become robots look like you know when you go out in the public today seem like people walking and functioning and thinking like robots already so is that particularly uh, scenario already here brother Moses?
8: Okay, these are the drones the drones from Star Wars uh, uh basically I mean the drones um basically the people who just carry out the ideology of the ruling class um they have no no other purpose in their lives other than following orders uh uh you know, I heard some men said she could have freed more slaves if they had knew they were slaves. You know, and we have we we live in a wage slave system and there's a lot of liberty, uh, in between work hours. And so, you know, we've uh, we've adapted our lives to the wage slave system and and, uh, oh, and and that's that's what motivates a lot of people anyway, the dr- the drones. Some of us have come to lie to the truth though and and recognize that uh that you know the highest call as, as, as chairman Mao said was to serve the people and to keep politics in command and so as long as we're on earth um, we should be we should have we should be serving the people and keeping politics in command uh we're faced with uh a revolution uh of going from a new democratic revolution into into a transition from a new democratic or new democratic or or another word for new democratic revolution is socialism and socialism is transitioning into communism where everyone will be met according to their needs and um uh, but uh it's we are right now in the socialism uh and we're not even under socialism because the 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 ruling class is still the one percent, and uh, and and we can we cannot uh, we cannot uh, have the resources necessary to supply everyone's needs. Um, we are supplying people are supplied according to their deeds. They rewarded according to their deeds, and uh, and um, there are people who look beyond people's faults and see their needs, and and so we are. We are in a need-based, basis-driven basis, uh, economy, and it's a political economy with the people helping people and people serving people. And uh, the true revolutionaries are guided by great feelings of love for the people. And that's, you know, I'm in the business of revolution, and business is good because the future is bright, and, and the, edu- the, the anti-communist forces, the fascist forces, love darkness they they don't want they don't want light because they can their deeds will be seen if, they, if there's light and so they love the darkness that's why they they want all education of any kind of enlightenment to be squashed that's why they were killing people in africa in the 60s right and left uh assassinating anybody who showed any consciousness who even mentioned the word communism or socialism was was subject to 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 just death itself just for the idea and so nevertheless the the actual implementation of the of the of the idea the actual visualization and realization of the idea they really really would would be you know um like chickens with their heads cut off if they if they um, if they uh, really were forced to deal with the idea in reality, and so sooner or later, you know the future is bright, sooner or later, the truth will triumph, and people will understand that socialism and communism is not an evil system, but it's a loving human relations personal and uh uh ideologically altruistic, compassionate him emphasizing charity, love, all these spirits are the spirit of communism. And I hope that someday it will permeate the whole world. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Brother Moses. Sister Eleanor, is the future bright? Is the future really bright, Sister Eleanor? You heard some, some of these recent comments. What are some of yours, Sister Eleanor?
9: Definitely. Yes, the future is bright. Yes, the future is bright. But as we were, as you were discussing, whether or not people are zombies, yeah, people are like automatons, because the U.S. has an incredible propaganda press. The press right now just puts out its own. In the United States, Great Britain, the EU, it has its own propaganda, as we see. It, uh, the US has claimed to be having wars of, uh, these wars are based on their hum- humanitarian goals. That's absurd, and everyone believes it now. They believe, oh, we needed to save these people from themselves. We needed to save the Iraqis. Uh, the Afghanis from themselves. We were looking for bio weapons in Iraq and wars of mass, uh, weapons of mass destruction. All this is propaganda, unfounded propaganda. And the press is the number one leader of this from news. We look at it every day and it has impacted uh, Americans and our outlook tremendously. We are extremely uh, uh, affected uh, by by this propaganda, and now uh, decades of it, at least since the 1980s when it was begun, but since uh, uh, 9/11 and going forward, it's just pure propaganda, and. Uh, we see right now Donald Trump, for example, brother Africa, he's in the news over uh failing to report his uh payment to uh stormy his his one of the women he had an affair with, and he used uh they alleged he used campaign money uh to pay her off and the real crime. There are other real crimes that Donald Trump participated in, uh, like the sanctions against the Venezuelan people. And us as U.S. citizens generally have no knowledge of what's going on. And uh, this week, you see the uh, um, Vladimir Putin, the res- Russian president, uh, being brought before the international court. Well, who set that up? How how did that was uh, the push and the influence that the U.S. the EU and Britain had over the court It's no longer impartial. Decades ago, when they convicted when they convicted W. Bush of war crimes, there was evidence that the world could see. But this uh, kidnapping of children by Vladimir Putin is not even reasonable because the reality is right now the Ukraine is a part of Russia, as it has always been. And the war, the proxy war that the U.S. is fighting is against Russia. And as Anthony Blinken said, on the Dave Colbert show one evening. They've been trying to train and uh, militarily and otherwise the people of the Ukraine so that they would try to form an independent nation and secede from the United States. Well, we just had Donald Trump. The reason he's being brought down for his... uh, uh, payments to Stormy Daniel is because he sponsored that coup d'etat on January 6th a couple of years ago to take over the U.S. Capitol. And he didn't stand in solidarity with the political elite. So now they want him to pay for it. But yes, people are uh, misinformed and therefore walking automatons. They don't question anything. They don't read anything. You see it on Fox News or you see it on the television or you see it in the paper, and everyone just goes along with it. There's no objectivity. That's been taken out of news um, since the Reaganomics era. And it is a real tragedy. People are not thinking. And as Brother Ike said, now they want to miseducate the masses. No labor education, no women's rights education, no African-American education, nothing. Create a whole new American paradigm. And we call this a nation of immigrants. Well, all of the Americas are nations of immigrants. They were all conquered by the Spaniards, the Indians, the English, the Portuguese, even the French. Thank but you, so Alador. Propaganda war going on in in the United States, and it's uh, it's right now a global propaganda between the EU, Great Britain, and NATO, which needs to be go. Thank you so much.
3: All right, before we make our transition, coming on shortly to our theme tonight. This is going to be a first part, two part series. Uh, the last issue I would like to entertain with this particular panelist and analyst tonight on what's going on in your world. And the community is that, what message are they sending? Anyone who goes to a public library seeking information, want to read books, but the first person that meets them in the library is a police officer. Checking you in. We said there are purposes, there are reasons for every act or acts. What is this scenario all about, Brother Hackey?
4: <laughs> well, I I, I think it's, it's indicative of the narrative they always express. In other words, uh, you're under surveillance, we got you in check, and uh, you know, so you better can, you better was pretty much concede to whatever we tell you to do, you do so, because clearly we have the power. So I think the message is, is very, very clear. When someone goes to a library, you know, for the sole purpose in terms of enriching you know, their mind, but you're with a with a police officer, of course, there's a real disconnect in terms of, you know, one who seeks to be enlightened, and then coming face to face, with who, rep- who represents, you know, force and violence. Uh, there's a clear dis- disconnect. But I think in the context of capitalism, I think it's important that, particularly when we talk about declining capitalism, that this notion in terms of the inevitability of force, or this, or this question, or this perception of omnipresence when it comes to law enforcement being everywhere, I think is key in terms of you know I think in terms of the capitalist mindset, in terms of forming that message, you know that you know that we are in absolute control. I think I think to some extent when you go to a library and you and you greet with cops, I think you sort of conclude subconsciously, if not consciously, you know that damn you know uh, you know uh, you know. Uh, these people are in control because damn, they got cops in a library. I mean, if if that's going to be some type of um, inappropriate behavior, it's not likely to happen in a library. Number one, libraries tend not to attract the 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 the, 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 the outcasts of society. They tend to attract people who are interested in enlightenment, people interested in and in learning about things, or even people who are down in their luck come in to get on computers, you know, to search for jobs or to or to seek information. So, the Hall police office in the library is, is pretty much um is is it, 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 it get right down to it it's really kind of intuitive it makes no sense at all, but it's done simply because you know people positions of power want to confirm that simple message that we you know we the capitalists this system is in total control, and these cops represent us you know the 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 minimum amount of control we can use and because we we're talking about you know cops on a local level. It doesn't even include on the state level or the federal level in terms of the kind of potential force that could be utilized. But I think all, all in all, people get the point, you know, that the availability of force exists, exists among the powerful. And so therefore, if you don't play ball, then there are serious repercussions for you. So I think that's the message that they're sending.
3: Thank you, Brother Ike. Brother Anthony, is my mind playing tricks on me when I walk into a public library the first as he is a police officer? What's going on with that picture?
7: Uh, it's it's a play on uh it it it, it, it they they're trying to inculcate fear in people, and uh, you know in in the name of security. And uh, you know, and the thing about it though, and the thing about it though, uh, is to pre- uh, prevent the potential of something. Uh, go, going down that, uh, that, 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 that that the ruling class doesn't want to go down. And uh, you know I agree with uh, you know Haki that uh, that lab, uh, that people go to libraries in order to to do research in order to uh, either search uh, for work or to uh or, 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 or to uh you know increase their level of knowledge overall uh but uh you know but the the presence uh you know but i know um in uh in certain uh campus libraries uh you know uh uh you know the first uh, uh, uh person you 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 come across is. Uh, is uh either a, a policeman or a security guard and they want to and they want to check for uh uh you know the uh you know make make sure you're part of the campus community i mean i i i, I, I that's been going on for years I, I mean i have seen that that happen but in a public institution like a public library. That doesn't make that 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 uh, ha- having a police presence doesn't doesn't make much sense. Other than that, capacity. well, brother Moses, thank you, brother Anthony, brother Moses, Jessica
3: Tinas pattern. When I go to the elementary schools, they now have the first person you meet is a police officer. This is at elementary schools What's up with that, that picture, brother Moses.
8: Yeah, we we um we've got a little paranoia going on because of the bombings and the 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 the, um and also the war against the poor. You have to remember we have a war against the poor. We don't want anybody loitering in the libraries because they're cold or something like that. Um, um, you know it's, it's 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 um the general overall. We have finance capital, and 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 we think if we throw enough money at anything, it'll it'll solve the problem. And so you know, you put put police everywhere, and you know, and we'll be it, it'll be less chances of people doing things that are unlawful. That's that's the idea, and um, that's why we have African, um, uh, to protect the interests of the of the government and the business people in the United States. Uh, um, um, you know, there's a certain amount of paranoia involved. Thank you.
3: They got me paranoid, brother Moses. I hear you. What do you think about that, sister Eleanor? What's up with this picture? Why they have police cops at elementary schools? It's
9: part of the growing authoritarianism that people around the world are fighting. Remember, we had. We elected Donald Trump a, a fascist So you see this You see the policeman in the library A policeman in the grocery store Everywhere you go When you enter You you see the police And now they've um, Extended the authority Of the uh, The private police forces Uh Uh, they've taken us back 200 years. You know, the police force was initially uh, hired by individuals who wanted to protect property, their chattel slaves and their land, and to capture their runaway property in their minds. And so you see we're moving back into those kind of situations when you see uh privatized police now carrying guns and and wearing all the armor of the uh public police so it's it's a big pro- problem you see the the police department and the security police or special police they call them everywhere you go the libraries you go into marshals you walk into target I, i'll give bed bath and beyond and uh best buy uh credit they don't have them yet but it's increasingly become a common face thing to to see this type of uh presence in the community and some people think it's creating security but it's not it's fostering authoritarianism it's softening people's consciousness, as you said, as we become automatized. As, uh, uh, you begin to just accept these things and even think they're needed and even think they're good for you. And so at some point you believe that people like yourself are dangerous and the state feels like yes the poor and uh, are dangerous as brother uh, Moses said you know they don't want poor people sitting in the library trying to stay warm or trying to stay cool or use the restroom so uh this is just a part of uh, authoritarianism and 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 uh the fear and it promotes fear. I mean, when I, I I feel like ordering all my books online, I I don't wish to go into a building, a library that is normally a safe, quiet place, and see a police officer as I enter the doors and walking through a metal detector. It's it's
3: it's not comfortable. Thank you, Sister Eleanor.
9: Right
2: now.
3: Brother, how can you something you want to say?
4: No, 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 that's not me.
3: Okay, what about, was that Brother Anthony, Brother Moses, speak speak your peace or forever holy?
7: No, no, I didn't have anything to add, thanks.
3: Oh, y'all dramatized, y'all dramatized. I got all kinds of oh, I got to get y'all some
8: yeah.
3: medicine, I got to wake y'all up. Hi, right, brothers and sisters. This is Africa on, on the moon. I'm Brother Africa. We're going to see. We're going to take the heat. Um, we're going to take a quick station break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss the upcoming. We're going to discuss this article as it relates to our theme today, the Middle East of War. The title of this article is 20th Anniversary of the Invasion of Iraq, Witness to the Horrors of War. It was written by Margaret Flowers, um, Clearing the Fall. We're going to talk about that article and more. Come back and join us by dialing 323 This is Africa on the Move. We'll be right back.
6: Uh, it's you liberals who have lifted them up, Howard. Paul, you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in people. Without hope, people become dangerous. No, Howard. You liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs political job. Oh, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. <laughs> that makes it even worse. Oh, you know, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he's sold them out, and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. That's no thank you. In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, he's become one of us. Uh, it's you liberals who have lifted them up, Howard. Paul, you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in people without hope. People become dangerous. No, Howard. You liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs. Political jobs. Oh, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. (laughs) That makes it even worse. Oh, you know, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and... uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he's sold them out and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. That's no thank you. In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, he's become one of us.
12: A negative attitude towards Africa. In San Francisco, on African Liberation Day, Brother Walter Rodney, an African historian, noted both the importance of African Liberation Day in terms of our African identity and some of the root causes for our problem of identification.
13: Of African. I have met brothers and sisters who say that their mother tongue, quote-unquote, is French, Spanish, Dutch, Portuguese, as well as English, which we speak. And because of this, We have a problem of identification, we do not know whom we are and that is why this gathering is of great symbolic importance because it is an act of identification. We are saying that we identify with the African people of the African continent. We are saying that we are an African people when we make this identification, have no illusions about the fact that this is a very revolutionary initiative. It is a rejection of every other form of identification which the white society has asked us to accept. Let me draw your attention to something which white universities and white libraries practice. And this is a university community, numerous universities lie around this land. Go into their libraries and check the Library of Congress cards. Under Europe or Europeans, you will find all entries listed concerning the continent of Europe. You will also find entries listed about Europeans in East Africa, Europeans in North Africa, Europeans in Asia and Australia. Look under the Chinese. You will find entries listed not only for mainland China, but for Malaysia and for the Chinese in in North America. But look on the Africa and the Africans. The only entries on the Africans relate to the continent itself. There are no entries on the Africans overseas. There is no such category. Africans who have been raped from the continent mysteriously disappear and become Negroes
12: a negative attitude towards Africa. In San Francisco, on African Liberation Day, Brother Walter Rodney, an African historian, noted both the importance of African Liberation Day in terms of our African identity and some of the root causes for our problem of identification.
13: I have met brothers and sisters who say that their mother town, quote-unquote, is French, Spanish, Dutch, Portuguese, as well as English, which we speak. And because of this, we have a problem of identification. We do not know whom we are. And that is why this gathering is of great symbolic importance, because it is an act of identification. We are saying that we identify with the African people of the African continent. We are saying that we are an African people. And when we make this identification, have no illusions about the fact that this is a very revolutionary initiative. It is a rejection of every other form of identification which the white society has asked us to accept let me draw your attention to something which white universities and white libraries practice. And this is a university community, numerous universities lie around this land. You go into their libraries and check the Library of Congress cards the Europe or Europeans. You will find all entries listed concerning the continent of Europe. You will also find entries listed about Europeans in East Africa, europeans in north africa europeans in asia and australia look under the chinese you will find entries listed not only for mainland china but for malaysia and for the chinese in in the in north america but look on the africa and the africans the only entries on the africans relate to the continent itself there are no entries on the africans overseas there is no such category africans who have been raped from the continent, mysteriously disappear and become Negroes.
3: Welcome back to Africa on the Move. We are no more Africans. We are everything but Africans if you listen to capitalism and their methodology of making you just disappear out of the history books and out of reality. There are some countries recently in Central and South America where um came to my awareness that they have had populations living there for thousands of years, but they were never recognized, at least officially recognized, and did not even have a name according to the so-called official record by our so-called government. So these are the kind of things, the kind of games they play with our people and why it's important for us to become more conscious of what is going on right now in terms of this whole question of information, this whole question of history, this whole question of redefining and having access to our own discoveries and contributions that we are made to humanity and tell our own stories and not let others to tell it and to control it. So anyway, as we say often on this program, We may not give you what you want, but we've sure we do our best to give you what you need. This is Africa on the Moon. Let's make our transition to our theme tonight, the Middle East and War. And this will be a two-part series. So that was the article that was written or titled. You should Google this up if you haven't seen it. Title, 20th Anniversary of the Invasion of Iraq, Witness to the Horrors of War. Uh, Margaret Flowers, Clearing the Fall. And she raised some issues or some of the horrors that um, the U.S. and this imperialist system have created in the so-called geographic area that we call the Middle the East under the pretense of fighting the so-called war. Brother Hackey what were some of the things you see from this article when you read it?
4: Yeah, yeah well, I, I I think the biggest thing for me was the biggest takeaway was the ruthlessness employed, you know, by the US in terms of achieving its imperialist objectives. Uh, you know, Saddam Hussein, you know, wasn't quote unquote a terrorist. His his biggest his biggest problem according to the United States was the fact that he was he was threatening to end the use of dollars in Iraq. And it's very ironic because when you started thinking about the history of, of U.S. interactions with Iraq, uh, it was very, very clear that the U.S. supported Iraq in its war with e- Iran. So, therefore, you would think that just on, 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 on a basic level, you know, there's some type of camaraderie, some type of uh, respect for one another exists. But again, when you talk about capitalism, there is no honesty, there's no integrity, none of that stuff exists. You can throw that stuff out of the door. So they essentially treated Iraq as an enemy, and so when Donald Rumsfeld talked about the fact that we're going to bomb, you know, Iraq back to the Stone Age, you know, he said it with a straight face. He wasn't joking. And sure enough, they bombed Iraq back to the Stone Ages. And when you talk about the kind of uh, the devastation, the it is estimated between hundred thousand to a million people, civilians, needlessly lost their lives simply because of U.S. aggression. And the mere fact that uh, the U.S. nobody in the U.S. went to jail in terms of that kind of aggression uh, speaks volumes in terms of the kind of power the U.S. wields in terms of its ability to foment criminal activity throughout the world and to get away with it. But I think in terms of the kind of the atrocities committed against Iraq, I mean clearly, you know, uh, at this point in history, you know, someone should stand and say, "Listen, someone certainly should someone should go, someone should be in, in, in before the courts." Deal with the question in terms of violation of human rights, because essentially what happened was a violation of human rights. Uh, but like I said, because the United States was able to get away with it, uh, the reality is that it's not likely that anybody's going to have the fortitude to stand up and say, hey, you know, what happened in Iraq was wrong. That yeah, we fundamentally, you know, killed a million people for the, simply because their leader decided that he wanted to divest from dollars uh, because he understood in terms of the implicit um, uh, exportation when it comes to using dollars. And so he wanted to get away from that, because he realized as long as he dealing dollars, dollars, uh, the, the, the terms of any type of business uh, adventure would be at the benefit of the West and not the benefit of Iraq. And so therefore he wanted to eliminate uh, that imbalance by somebody getting rid of the dollar. Well, because he wanted to get rid of the dollar, they essentially destroyed not just a human life, but destroyed over a million of uh, civilians you know, in Iraq. Uh, so clearly I think that the ruthlessness of... Uh, of imperialism, you know was sort of underscored in that article, and so one of the things that we had to understand if 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 they're fundamentally uh ruthless when it comes to uh killing people uh for no reason at all, then what do you think how do you think they see the people living inside of the United States who they perceive as a intrinsic threat you know to the to the to the to the establishment or to the overall system so clearly, we got to think in terms of ruthlessness of the system and what it means in terms of living in society which is so ruthless. Uh, and what that means in terms of our longevity in the society. And I, I think she did a very good job in terms of pointing out in you know, that kind of ruthlessness and in, in poor with U.S. foreign policy. Thank you, Brother Haki, Brother
3: Anthony. When you read this article, what things that you see? And I also add into the discussion this question of uh this war machine by the US. Does it have a conscience? How you deal with something that may not have a conscience? It seems to me they don't have a conscience. Seems to me that the history sort of indicate that they don't have a conscience. So when you go against the enemy without a conscience, how do you deal with that, Brother Anthony? What did you see from this particular article, Brother Anthony?
7: Um, you 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 resist it with all means at your disposal. And uh not only not only were uh were were, were 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 there close to a million casualties, but the Iraqis are still living with the effects of this war, even though it took place twenty years ago. Uh those those weapons that were used against uh the the, the, the the Iraqi people you know, have long long-term health and environmental effects, and uh, and that's something that uh, uh that, that 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 the media does not deal with at all. The fact that a lot of uh that a lot of uh you know a lot of families are 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 are, are dealing with uh you know deformed uh, children uh you know in some cases particularly in uh fallujah and um you know and uh you know and and so 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 the effects of of the war because of the weapons that are used have effects long after long after the war is over and uh as a matter of fact i think it was pointed out in one of the articles no i think what's the next one not not this one that uh that that, that the koreans and the, v- the Vietnamese people are still living with the effects of the uh, 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 uh of the weapons that, that 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 they were exposed to uh d- d- during their wars against the u s so uh so so uh the 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 this uh these wars uh, because of the type of weapons used, have effects that uh, that that could last for generations, and um, uh, all the uh, presidents, uh, it, it, if this was a just world, would be brought up on war crimes, not just the you know uh, you know trivial stuff that Trump is going through right now. But uh, the, but these are actually uh, but these are crimes against humanity, and uh, they and uh, it, and they were in, in, it committed with the intention of advancing capitalist interests.
3: Thank you, brother. And then brother Moses. What did you see when you read this article? Does this particular war machine does it has uh, does it have a conscious? Talk to me, brother Moses. You in the seat. You can take the heat. I want you to find us and stand behind it. You'll make no we'll
8: one see. Now, um, if this is not, If I stand correct, Margaret Flowers um, um, was um, uh, in a significant elder relationship with Kevin Zeese, and Kevin Zeese has passed away. And in the spirit of revolutionary. Uh, analysis and, and propagation of the socialist path um, so she continues that struggle uh, uh I think she was the for the one um, single-payer health care system I think that's that's she was a doctor and uh, she was disbarred because she was struggling so hard for single-payer health care system if I get if I'm still correct on all this um, but anyways, obviously, she has an analysis of, of what happened and significant points to be made. Uh, I think you know it's imp- um we yeah I, I want to get to the back to the nineteen sixties with Khrushchev's phony communism and his historical lesson to the world's people, because this is a continuation with Putin and the uh, and continuation of capitalism into imperialism, uh, their venture into Afghanistan, et cetera, as socialism and words, imperialism in deeds until 1991 when they went all out capitalists again, and uh, they continue on that capitalist path. And so I don't want any illusions about... Who who the Putin is and who the who the, the Russia is, uh, um, cause, because that makes a difference in terms of what you're relying on. Uh, you can't depend on capitalism, and
13: uh, and um,
8: but there are contradictions among the capitalist powers. And doing the, after the Sino-Soviet split, um, uh, Nixon went to China, and and basically it. It became ostensibly. Uh, it seemed like to to most people looking as if it was U.S. allied uh, with China against the Soviet Union or something. Um, but um, the Chinese, the People's Republic of China, has its own independent stance, its own independent interests, and it, it stands for the truth, and uh, and and uh, it keeps politics in command, and and so you know we we uh see the us and the and the russia were colluding for for um spheres of influence and um in syria the, the, the us wanted regime change and um, russia was supporting the syrian uh status quo um which i which i, I sided with with russia in that case as well uh, I thought, you know, the U.S. was out of, out of touch with what was going on and was just pursuing this capitalist interest. And then into our into Iraq with the weapons of mass destruction, weapons of mass destruction, weapons of mass destruction, and let's go kill the the Iraqis. And so this shock and awe, which was not, nothing but open tyranny of finance capital, just like that Ukrainian venture was open tyranny of finance capital it was just just finance capital supporting the war machine and and uh anyway we went into Iraq and then that wasn't enough. We had to go into Afghanistan and that wasn't enough. We had to we had to get Libya out of the way and so, you know, we the U S is on a on a war being uh and um it's supporting the ukraine because that's part of the war machine and the the racist racist white power structure um in collusion with with uh the anti russia anti soviet union old cold war mentality people still fighting that war um and the us is using them and uh and fortunately, we, are not, we don't have troops over there. I thank God for that, that we don't have troops over there. Uh, it's, uh, we're facing with the war machine and finance capital. And so we've got to cut off the finance financing that war, just like we got to stop financing the police uh, who are terrorizing our community. And so, you know, this this, this struggle is very real, very personal, And very very uh, um, protracted. It's it's complex, but as scientists, we have to see through, see through the with common sense and the obvious um, contradictions, and see see the underlying laws and principles that that uh, hold things together. And so, you know, the as a scientific socialist. We have to be dialectical and historical materialists, and it's in that vein that we 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 have to look at the world. Everybody came from Africa, Europeans came from Africa, and so you know we have to be we have to be politically correct and in, in terms of where we're going and how we're going to get there. The past can only serve the present and the future, and so you know. Um, um, you know, we Anyway, I'll just leave it right there. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Brother Moses. That's an interesting anthropology, anthropology perspective you just came with about um, Europeans came from Africa. I don't know what its conclusions want to lead you to, but I think that's more, more ingredients need to go into the equation to arrive at this whole question of these contradictions as Africans face today. But anyway, that's an interesting um, perspective, Brother Moses. Uh, Sister Eleanor, what picture did you see yes. from this
9: article? Well, the interesting thing about this article is what I saw that was interesting is how um, uh, the woman that she interviewed, Kathy Kelly, went to jail, was sentenced to a year in jail for planting Corn on nuclear weapon silos on the nuclear silos out in Iowa, but uh the real thing is uh that the struggle struggle continues, and that uh she has uh uh, uh, uh deaf people a tribunal um that they're supporting. I found that very interesting in solidarity with the Afghani people, and that she was there uh, in March during the beginning of the shock and awe campaign. She was there in Iraq. And how she survived it uh, was an interesting question. And the fact that she reminded, the article reminded us all that uh, this 20th century phenomena was the US and NATO invasion and occupation of Iraq uh, on March 19th, March 20th. Uh, and the fact that uh, she reminded us that thousands of people uh, were out all over the United States marching against this war and occupation. When we heard about it, we were at the White House. We had our signs in Lafayette Square. The good thing then was that the White House was accessible. Lafayette Square was accessible Uh, with Donald Trump. uh, They fenced it off. And now they've removed many of the benches, so only the strong can can really do anything or protest, because there are few benches to sit in. The park has been all the benches have been removed, and I was there last week. It seems they're removing the 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 um, restroom, but the article was very interesting, and it was a reminder of uh that just how this they even named and we were all told that this was the shock and awe campaign and all the television stations were telling us when it began and it showed it on television and it looked like a firework show but in effect we were killing thousands of people uh, and it it's it's important to have Journalists out there like Margaret Flowers and uh, uh, the uh, Clearing the Fog podcast uh, and that kind of thing to give people an opportunity to know what's happening in their world.
3: Thank you, Sister Eleanor. Brother Haki? one of the things about the history of iraq and we don't want to be wasteful in our memory is that they told a big 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 big, big lie about weapons of mass destruction how do they get away with this lie
4: well well as, as sister eleanor stated uh america has a massive propaganda machine uh with the help of people like um you know colin powell Abel Glass being in, in a number of uh, dignitaries who were able to, with a straight face, go before the UN and say to the world that this country possessed weapons of mass destruction. Of course, they knew it was a lie. Right? They they knew it was a lie. That wasn't the point. The point was to, to galvanize public support, you know, for an invasion of, uh, of, uh, of Iraq. And the thing is that they were also aware that, you know, the, the vast number of American people were opposed to intervention you know uh to military intervention in in Iraq but the bottom line is that um, imperialism had a, it had a strategy and that strategy was indeed uh for them important to carry out simply because for them it's, it comes a question in terms of geopolitical control so in that context uh you know you know uh you know taking out Saddam Hussein and installing you know, their own leadership was important to them because of the, all the issues pertaining to the Middle East and particularly when you start talking about in terms of Uh, The 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 general hatred that exists against the Zionist regime of Israel, and certainly one of the things that uh, helped Israel to a great extent was the taking out of Saddam Hussein in in, uh, Iraq. Uh, But this whole question in terms of weapons of mass destruction, you know, uh, brother Africa, you know, you know, aside from the fact that they knew it was disingenuous, they knew there was no weapons of mass destruction. When they sent that woman over here to say that, uh, in fact, Saddam Hussein was. uh, uh, putting, you know, taking babies out of incubators and throwing them on the ground. This woman was a uh, was a child of a of a, of a in, uh, uh, well, I forget the, the Middle East country, but her father was an ambassador for one of these uh, Middle East regimes that are, that are favorable to the West. So when she came and said that thing, you know, the kind of airplay it got in terms of you know Saddam Hussein going there, and taking babies out of incubators and throwing them on the ground. When they post, posted that story, it should have been became clear became clear to people. That much of what we've been told was disingenuous; it was all lies. But nonetheless, the you know, media was able to de- create the perception that, in fact, that these kind of lies had some legitimacy. And and by doing that, it, it was able to capture enough American population to justify, you know, the invasion, you know, of of uh, of Iraq and the bombing, the subsequent bombing of Iraq. Uh, so clearly, this weapons of mass destruction should serve as a as a testament uh, to just how to, 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 to the extent imperialist powers are willing to lie to achieve an objective if we haven't learned anything from the weapons of mass destruction then we should have learned at least that uh when you talk about the statesmanship particularly we talk about american statesmanship or western statesmanship propensity to lie is is as easy as your eye consume water so clearly uh you know uh, they knew weapons of mass destruction was bogus but they did it anyhow because the imperialist objective was more important anything else.
3: Thank you, Brother Hakeem. Brother Anthony, we were talking about earlier about what's going on in our world and the community about these policies they make now want to erase the memory um, from our from our people's mind. If I recall history correctly, Brother Anthony, it seems that we are continually farther past from the West by being Buffalo Soldiers. We keep going on fighting other people's wars. For example, when we talk about the so-called Middle East and that regional area, many of our forefathers and brothers and sisters came from the area, but yet they can take us and send us back over there to fight against their own people. Your response to that scenario, uh, Brother Anthony?
7: Yeah. Actually, that's because of the disconnect that we suffer from do, that is those Africans in the diaspora who uh, who, uh, who 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 don't know uh, who, who who don't know our history and uh and and Ashley and uh, and may have uh and may have forgotten because of uh the terrorism that we that our ancestors were subject to during child slavery uh you know uh uh some uh some of us have forgotten wh- where we where we came from a lot of us don't know what part of africa we come from uh and uh you know and that's because they uh that uh they the, uh they divided us when we when we when when we got off uh, when we got off the slave ships and uh so um, you know they 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 separated us and they did everything uh uh you know possible uh to uh to make us forget our 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 languages and our cultural uh, values and language is the is a, is an important vehicle for the transmission of cultural values so once we we lost the ability to use our our own languages and ha- and was forced to learn the europeans languages uh you know that uh that that, that, that away a a, a a lot of our memory of our culture and where we came from and uh and uh by um, uh by uh, not uh, uh allowing the teaching of uh African history in our school system, uh it seems that the capitalists are, are are trying to perpetuate that. In other words in other words, to make us into this uh into this uh being called an American and uh you know and uh you know to turn the to turn us into automatons by uh by uh uh you know by giving inadequate education
8: uh
7: in the 19th century and 18th centuries it was no education at all and now, uh, and uh, now it, it seems like it's diverse because, uh, in order to serve the capitalist system, workers have to have a certain amount of education. However minimal it is, a certain amount is needed in or, in, in in order to serve the interests of capitalism so uh you know so uh so they uh so they they're resorting to policies like uh you know- re- uh you know removing uh labor history and uh African history from the school system but uh this does sounds fa- uh fa- sound fa- fairly uh sounds like a, a a very familiar scenario Brother africa uh you know, you're right in that regard. And uh and the thing about it though, and the thing about it though, what we have to do is continue our resistance. Those who the the, the those who, who who know more have an obligation to work more to teach uh, uh, to teach those that that, that 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 suffer from lack of knowledge, which we do.
3: Thank you, brother Anthony. And you know, Brother Moses? If you don't know where you came from, they subject to see you anywhere, and you become a happy fool to do it. What is your take, Brother Moses, on this question of the indigenous people said Western Europe? They say Europeans doesn't like summer the time; they like all the times. And we see this going on on a daily basis. Should we believe anything they say at this point in time, Brother Moses, without thorough investigation?
8: I I think, you know, we have to judge people by the content of their character, um, by their idiosyncrasies, by their psychological and sociological, political, ideological, uh makeup. Um, so like, you know, there are John's Browns. I mean, you know, the history history is replete with with what we need if we if we look for it. Um But you know, it takes. It's all about the heart. It's all about where you're coming from and where you're going, and it it all starts in the heart. Uh, Even in the Bible, they say the kingdom of heaven is preach, preach. And so, you know, we know that and we understand that the mighty God is a living man. And so, so, so you know, we have to keep politics in command, and and you know, do our best to serve the people in the interest of the masses of the people. uh, um, with the the problem is we get we get we want we want a selfish selfish interest um we have we you know we we're into into this profit driven system we only want to do what's good for for ourselves and uh and the hell with the rest of the world um we have to have the largeness of heart to to love all of humanity and um and rightly divide the word of truth accordingly, and so dialectical and historical materialism is, is is very important now israel the government of israel is like it's like woodstock woodstock nation woodstock nation was three days of fun and music and nothing but fun and music it was a, it was an ideological cultural uh phenomena, and it's based upon. Identity politics of of we're all um, love and peace people, and we love music and and Israel is based upon some kind of Jewish ideological. We are Jews and and we are being oppressed, and the land will liberate us. Our our our, um, our the source of our oppression is 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 that we are people without a land. And any and only get respect and then be and not be oppressed as used. We have to have land, and so that's where Israel comes from, the worship of land as as a, as salvation. Um, um, and so you know, I'm gonna leave it right there. Thank you.
3: Yeah, brother. But only problem with the land question, brother Moses when you talk about the Zionist forces is the land they talking about, they don't come from that land that they occupy. That's the contradiction in that. They can go back to the Caucasus Mountain and go back up in Europe and fight that with their family. But uh, they don't come from that land. But Sister Eleanor, last question for today's theme. This is part one of the two-part city, two-part series, the Middle East and Wall. Any final thoughts you'd like to add to this conversation that we have had so far? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You say, brother, Africa, I'm getting, sorry. We need a final word, final thoughts on these uh, on issues for today. Any additional things you'd like to add about this article, which I found we really be in terms of the soldiers? How do you get soldiers to commit these atrocities and kill these babies and human beings? And, and and how do you get a human being to, to function like that and don't be crazy? Yeah. Your response, yeah. is Eleanor.
9: You tell them that it's a humanitarian action and and they believe you. They believe you. And it's part of the the as Brother Haki and the other analysts have talked about, is the the media, the propaganda, the incredible influence the media has on our day to day lives. Um, As my final thought this evening, also, Brother Africa, I'd like to bring up the fact that there is on uh, March, Saturday, March 25th, from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. in Baltimore at 709 North Child Street, Baltimore, Maryland, 2001 at the Nomu, Nomu, uh, Nomu, uh art collaborative. They are having a night of solidarity with Cuba where they'll be serving a dinner and the uh, uh associate ambassador will be there and if people want to know more about the event they can uh, email Cuba is hope at Comcast dot net. at Comcast dot net. And this is on March twenty, a night of solidarity with Cuba, and uh, the co-op's name is spelled. It's an art collective. It's an art collaborative, really. It's an art collaborative, and it's called No Mu, No Mu, and that's N O capital N O capital M U capital N O capital M U art collective. And they're at seven oh nine. North Howard Street, 2001. Uh, the zip code is 21201 in Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, uh, there's the Women in Struggle and Friends of uh, Latin America and the People's Power Assembly are united around this event, and they're going to be serving uh, Cuban-style shrimp and grit. grit and uh, Cuban black beans and rice and other things, and they're asking for uh, donations, and the donations can be taken taken by Venmo, B-E-N-M-O, at Solidarity Center, Venmo at Solidarity Center. And that's just something I wanted to bring up, but in terms of these articles and the reality of propaganda and the influence of the media that 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 is what's driving the u s and we've already had twenty years of it, so we've had a generation of people grow up on this this kind of propaganda. And you uh recently I I saw interviews of elderly people in Florida and they're asking them who are they gonna vote for and they're saying things like, Oh, we'll vote for uh Donald Trump or uh or uh DeSantos So we're moving moving further and further closer to this type of authoritarian society um and uh i i uh i this woman kelly has committed her life to uh um uh, serving uh the interests of the people what i found interesting about the article was that she has refused to pay federal taxes since 1980 and i was wondering how 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 is that? And she's also stood up against apartheid in Israel. She lived in Gaza during the final days of the Operation Cast led bombings in 2009. And uh, she returned to Gaza in 2012 to meet uh, with the survivors of the Israeli Operation Pillar of Defense uh just to hear the and document the stories of the survivors of that horrible Operation Pillows of Defence. So uh, we 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 see with Yahoo right now in Israel and the right wing and the attack on the Palestinians in the occupied areas and haven't opened it up, uh, opened the uh, occupied areas up to settlers and the aggression that the settlers, the violence and the aggression that the settlers, illegal settlers have inflicted upon the Palestinians while the world watches. And uh, we don't call Palestinians, even Palestinians, or in the U.S. media, Palestinians aren't called by names. They're called Arabs. There's an Arab world, but they are Palestinians. Um, And uh, it's uh, really something from shock and awe to... Uh, being at the Fort Benning's military training school, um, Fort Benning's, Georgia, as we know where they train uh, military experts from other countries in all sorts of uh, horrible um, behavior. Uh, um, uh, Some people say torture and other things, uh, this woman uh, has done. Kathy has been on the move, and it would be interesting to learn more about her and how she has been able to remain unscathed uh, and and hasn't suffered prosecution like people like uh, Julian Assange and other. It's amazing. All right. We're
3: going to stop it right there. Sister Eleanor, we'd like to thank you to our listening audience. This is Africa on the Move. We're in the seat. We're going to take the heat as we define it. We're going to stand behind it. We'll be closing out this first segment of a two-part segment, the Middle Eastern Walk. Come back next week. We will continue the discussion. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have our panel, our political panelists, analysts to give us their final thoughts for today's program and a couple announcements. This is Brother Africa, and you're listening to Africa on the Move.
12: But in the sacrifice of this blood, of this dance with death, comes life more rich, more pure, more alive, where death spent many lonely nights pacing the floors of his funeral parlor, waiting for someone to die. Pellerino, a French word called the place of torture, became a place of strength, a place where faces of white saints became faces of black gods Everywhere we go When the light is clear Oh, how beautiful I will be To know that I've been here And made it through my journey, yeah. And made it through my journey, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'd like to welcome you back to Africa on the Move. As you know, Africa on the Move is a weekly program that comes on every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern time, U.S. You can tune in by dialing 323-679-0841, or you can go online by going through Blog Talk Radio. If you have any views, any questions, or would like to be a special guest to come and talk about what's going on in your world community, we invite you to email us at africaonthemove 2 at gmail.com. If you're one of those who listen to this program and want to help be in our audience, we encourage you to get a copy of this program, and when you get it, please email it to your network. And your friends and supporters, along with helping us out by helping us to grow by pledging and making a donation. You can make that donation two ways. You can cash out to dollar sign capital A small e small e small C small R small O and small B. Just to cash out, or you can do Zelle, and you can send it to Africa on the African Awareness Association two at gmail.com all small caps all together african awareness association two at gmail.com all contribution donations greatly appreciated and help us build this radio station again we are part of the international pan-african movement and we want to make sure that we can help move africa and african people forward as well as all humanity so let's come together. Let's unite and do the right thing. Fight the power that be. Now at this point of time in closing out our first series or a two-part series, Revisiting the Middle East and Wall, we'll close out with our final thoughts with Brother Moses first. Brother Moses, your final thoughts for tonight.
13: Born in a
8: world of sin, shaped in iniquity, and come short of the glory of God. We're 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 in a lost people in need of a savior, and that's why Jesus came to Earth. He's the only perfect human being that existed, and we need to learn from him. He left us a book to believe in, and and we got a lot to learn from that book. But uh, the struggle, Jesus is the answer for the world today. If we if we apply it correctly, uh, it's not it may not be popular, but we need an infinite truth. And we need to stand on truth and uh, rightly divide the word of truth. We use we need dialectical and historical materialism. Jesus, the in terms of politics, we have to keep it in command and recognize that Marx, Engels, Lenin, Stalin, and Mao Zedong are historically and dialectically connected to to the world struggle, and we have to recognize and give proper credit where proper is due. That's that, that picture in Tenement Square, mouth a tongue, he's worthy of every inch of that picture because he's contributed to the world humanity and the serve the humanity and um and he's deserves every inch of that picture. And I'll leave it right there. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Brother Moses, for your contribution to today's program. Just as a reminder, the first warship that came to Africa to pick Africans away with the name Jesus. Next, we go to Sister Eleanor. Sister Eleanor, you'll find the thoughts for tonight. Uh,
9: I I realize I just made a mistake. I had something I had put a note beside to announce last week on the 19th of March on your show about the uh, event in Baltimore last night. I am so sorry, Brother Africa, and to our audience. I uh I misspoke and I am so sorry that event had already occurred and my apology to uh to you brother Africa and the fellow analysts and our audience I just wanted to say in terms of the war in the Ukraine right now there has been an effort uh to settle with Putin uh, uh to have some kind of peace in the donbass region so that russia would be uh secured the people who had voted to remain a part of russia would uh would remain a part of russia and russia would also maintain its access to the black sea but uh that uh that didn't happen, and 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 you can see that what happened was the oligarchies, as they call them, are so upset they have produced this uh, indictment against Putin, which isn't enforceable because the United States, China, Russia, and I believe. France. I don't want to misspeak, but I know China, United States, and Russia are exempt from having to go to that ICC. So um, I don't know. Uh, We're we're hoping for peace, because though in the United States, as was brought up this evening, that we have a problem with having access to news, the streets of West of, of Europe, European countries are crowded with uh, large-scale demonstrations against the war and authoritarianism. It's just literally engulfed the streets of Western uh, countries. Um, And that's just... uh, a reality is it's not as widespread in the United States because people really think these are humanitarian wars. They don't see them as uh, a part of a, a capitalism and imperialism and, a, and an attempt to maintain control over the currencies used on the world market, the US dollar, and uh, control over the resources of the world. But thank you so much. And once again, my apology for making an announcement on the 26th that I was supposed to make on the 19th. My apologies, to, uh,
3: so our Arizona, no apologies. no apologies needed for humans to make errors. But the main thing is when you make them to correct them. I would like to ask you again, you can state how people may want to make a donation. To that worthy cause, that is always worthy to share. Would you like to share that information again for folks who still would like to make a donation to that worthy cause?
9: Oh, thank you. Yes, I would. I would do that. Thank you so much, Brother Africa. If they wanted to make a donation, uh, I I I had closed it out because I realized when it said the the nineteenth, but. To make a donation, you need to contact, let me look, Um, you can uh, make a check to the Solidarity Center at 703 East 37th Street in Baltimore, Maryland, 21218. That's the Solidarity Center uh seven o three east thirty seventh street baltimore maryland two one two one eight or you can uh email them at uh a donation to paypal um and that is uh v e n m o at solidarity center e n m o at solidarity center that's a donation to PayPal um at Zenmoo, venmo at solidarity center or again you can mail it to solidarity center uh conventional mail 703 East 37th Street Baltimore, Maryland 21218 and and yes it is in support of the uh Cuban people and uh thank you and once again i i, I really feel embarrassed my apology because i i made a note of this on the 15th to do it on the 19th and here it is the 26th so my apology
3: no problem, africans yeah good intentions let's move forward to <laughs> brother anthony brother anthony you final find the thoughts for tonight
7: my final thought for tonight is that we must politically educate ourselves and each other about what is going on in the world. we got to keep abreast. Of, it's critically important for us to keep abreast of current events and to join an organization that is working for our people's liberation. Uh, one such organization is the All-African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. You can find out more information about them and about pan-Africanism by visiting our website at www.a-aprp-gc.org. Thank you for having me. Thank
3: you, Brother Edwin for your contribution as well to today's program. Brother Haki, from the African Women's Association, your final thoughts for tonight.
4: You know, Brother Africa, I certainly hope, you know, people begin to appreciate uh, the precarious state, you know, most people in society find find ourselves. Uh, You know, so in, in saying that, I got a few questions I just wanted to raise to the audience, but before I raise those questions, let me just briefly read something. Now, in terms of war expenditures, how much money spent on wars, Vietnam, between 1965 and 1973, they spent over, U.S. spent $120 billion. During the Korean War, between 1951 and 2000, they spent $1.1 trillion. The Iraqi War, between 1990 and 1991, they spent $758 billion. And, of course, that includes redeployment. In Afghanistan, between 2001 to 2021, they spent $2 trillion. Currently in Ukraine, it was started in 2022. They spent $18.3 billion for security, $47 billion for military aid. Now, what is what is interesting about that, when you think about this, these sums of money, which most, most economists conclude is about $33 trillion, when you think about these large expenditures, then you ask yourself, what could $33, billion, $33 trillion do in terms of not only revitalizing the U.S. economy, but also in terms of being able to provide for infrastructure and in housing needs of the people in the society, the question becomes: Why aren't the needs of the people important? I think we have to really understand. We really have to ask ourselves that question. We can no longer pretend that everything is fine, and that if we just go along and everything's going to be all right. The, the reality is that going along is not going to make everything all right. The second question, you know, or uh, well, at least the second statement, I think, is: Is this? Now, when we talk about expenditures for war, according to the, um. um the, uh, the uh, authorized use of, 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 of military force uh, policy. Uh, President Biden allotted eighteen eight hundred and seventeen billion dollars to the Department of Defense. That amount was increased to eight hundred and forty-two billion dollars by Congress. Now, here's the interesting thing about that: if we were to eradicate how uh, unimpo- I mean homelessness or unemployment in society, well, let's say homelessness in a society. The HUD, Housing and Urban Development, estimates it takes between 50 to $20 billion to end homelessness in the US. Essentially, when we compare that to military spending, we're talking about a 2% uh, a 2% of the defense budget of $842 billion, or $842, $842 billion. My question to the audience is very, very simple. If only 2% of the budget is all it takes to end homelessness in America, then what is stopping people and positions of power from doing such? I think at some point we have to come to the realization that our existence is not only precarious, but for the, for, for many in positions of power, our existence is really esoteric. I mean, in other words, uh, there, there, there is nothing compelling in terms of serving the interests of humanity. And because they don't feel there's a real interest in terms of um, serving the interests of humanity, it means that all our all our existence is unimportant. If our existence is unimportant, then what happens to us, what they do to us, is is not of any consequence. We have to really think about that one. We have to really think about that one. And for people who think that if it's just be pragmatic and just go along with the program and everything's going to be all right, here's the problem. Not only is the capitalist system in decline, but much of the decline is is self-inflicted. In other words, you have a system in place (coughs) which, by, by virtue of giving all the money, a vast majority of the money, giving that money to the wealthy, giving the corporations, it creates a deficit for the U.S. state government. By creating a deficit for the U.S. government, it means that the government doesn't have the revenues it needs in terms of carrying out its business, which means that because it doesn't have the revenues it needs in terms of providing for the people, the people are inevitably seen as the as the enemy. If the people are seen as the enemy, do you think the government is going to treat the quote-unquote enemy kindly, or do you think they're going to be very brutal in terms of how they, how they, uh, how they interact with the, with the witnesses or with the, with the, with the excuse me, with the enemies? I think we have to ask ourselves and understand that, you know, the bottom line is that when we talk about in terms of capitalism and we talk about just asset prices and we talk about, you know, the, the, the value of everything increasing, houses increasing, the value of homes increasing, the value of cars, the value of land, the value of stocks and bonds, all increasing. But yet your salaries keep declining. Salaries keep going the wages keep going down, 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 down. So then what does that say in terms of uh in terms of uh, the aspirations of the masses of people in society. Don't don't people want to take the, send their children to school? Don't people want their children fed? Don't people want housing, affordable housing in which they can live in? Don't have to worry about the elements. Uh, those things are human needs. But capitalism said those human needs are unimportant. They're saying that you have no right to those, to those to those to those things, even though you're human. Well, if their position is that you have no right to those those things that make you human, then what are they saying? They're saying that you're less than a human. If you're less than a human, then what they do to you is inconsequential. This is the irony. This is the paradox that we're confronted with in the capitalist society. And particularly African people, we must. We don't have a choice. We have to be cognizant of what's going on in society. Of all the groups in the society, I, I, you know, I employ all people to be conscientious in terms of what's going on in society. But just in terms of the full-blown implications for African people. We as a group can ill afford not to understand what's going on in society. If we don't understand what's going on in the society, we do so to our detriment. Now, and in closing, Brother Africa, I always encourage people to unravel the matrix. Uh, one of the things, when we talk about organization, talk about institutions in terms of confronting the ills of the society, it's not hyperbole, it's not an exaggeration, it's not something to say simply for attention. This is very, very real. Our longevity, our ability to... Survive in society is going to hinge on our ability to come together, understand what the issues are, and work together to resolve, or at least to mitigate those issues that we're confronted with. If we fail to do that, the bottom line is that you know when you talk about history, the brutal, the, the brutal history, particularly the, the brutality of of of, of what's in history. When you look at that brutality, then you got to understand clearly that the brutality that was used in the past. Uh, it's going to be magnitude uh, on a scale of times ten because those societies of the past that were brutal to their people when they de- when those, those those societies cl- declined, us with its technology is much is much more in a position to to uh, to impose brutality on a, on a much higher level and, and, and having to understand that it's incumbent upon us to understand the nature of the challenge. work together create those institutions protect the. In- protect the emotional and intellectual capabilities of the children, and the only way we can achieve that is by working together and understanding clearly what is going on in society. How said I say that, Brother Africa? You have a good night.
3: And you do the same, Brother Haki. We thank you as well for your contributions to today's program and to our listening audience. Again, you can listen to us every Sunday evening from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Broad Talk Radio or by... Picking up your phone and dialing 323-679-0841. If you'd like to support us, you can send your donations in by either Cash App at Cap at Dollar Sign, Capital F, Small E, Small E, Small C, Small R, Small O, and Small B, or you can it to Af- African Awareness Association 2 at gmail.com all lower cases. If you'd like to participate, if you have comments or questions on this program or others, please send your comments to Africa on the Move to at gmail.com. That's Africa on the Move to at gmail.com. Until next week, like always, let's strive to go forward, ever backwards never. And remember, pan-Africanism. Is the key. It will set all Africans free. A loop to continue, the continue. For the next 15 minutes, you will hear some sounds of sweet liberation. This has been Africa on the Moon. Join us next week.
0: needs her freedom <pancakes> Palestine, Palestine needs our love needs our love Palestine Palestine, Palestine. Palestine, Palestine Palestine needs her freedom, needs her freedom. Palestine, Palestine. Einstein, needs our love Fal- People of all countries of every race and creed we need a new beginning let us plant the seed plant the seed of love and let that love seed grow plant the seed for everyone so all the world will know that palestine Thank you.